Hey guys, Elizabeth here, and I want to talk to you about Boardwalk Apparel Company. They are one of our newest partners, and we could not love them more. They specialize in offbeat and quirky shirts and hoodies, and they even have their own podcast, so you should definitely check that out. Their shirts and hoodies are really great quality, and you can get your own by going to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use code BESTIE to get 10% off your first order. So after you're done listening to this episode, go to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use our code BESTIE to get that 10% off. Again, that's BoardwalkT-shirts.com, code BESTIE at checkout. Later, besties. Hi. Welcome to Horrendous, a Best Friends podcast, the intermission variety of the podcast. Again, not your thing, cool, but we're just going to have a little chat. It's going to be me, Callie, and my bestest friend ever, who's, I was going to say not as cranky this time, but that episode never saw the light of day, so. It didn't, but you know what? I am not as cranky this recording. I'm taking a trip back to the early aughts with Snapple Elements Air. I Do you remember those? No, I don't. You don't remember the elements when there was Snapple? They had fire, they had rain, they had air. I just remember the Sobe ones. Drinks. These were far superior. They were in a glass bottle. Okay. Hold on. Because I guarantee you if you see the old school one. And that's Elizabeth, by the way. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, I feel like I really need no introduction. My annoying voice speaks for itself. Well, Elizabeth's going to show me that picture. I am drinking a Modelo. Fancy. It is super hot in Southern California, which is actually kind of rare. It's muggy as a bug here in the Midwest, and I'm not loving it. My hair definitely not loving it. It rained an absurd amount this weekend and it's not how i wanted to end my summer it okay yeah i guess you i remember see, those. you remember you remember i guess i do and you want to know here additionally to, to continue on that topic i was that basic little white teenage girl who collected the bottles and washed them out had them on my dresser and put like bracelets and stuff on <laughs> God, what a time to be alive. I don't know. I just feel like it was a, it's a very teenage thing to do to like collect empty bottles. <laughs> like if you're a boy, you collected empty like beer bottles. Right. I was going to say it were a frat boy. Bottles. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like collecting bottles is very much like a frat boy thing to do. Maybe not necessarily like a teenage girl thing, but I feel like. Maybe like nineteen, twenty year olds. Maybe twenty one. You like coll- you like save your like your first like liquor bottle you bought legally or something. Sure. I don't know. I feel like that's a thing people did. I don't know. I'm old. We'll do it. We'll do it. Well, let's. You know what? We'll do a poll. Okay. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. 
I like doing I polls. I feel like we need to do a poll. Yeah. I feel like we need to do a poll because I feel very much like that that was a thing people did. Speaking of polls, Callie's Bronco won out over OJ's Bronco. Well, duh. So. How could it not? I don't know, but I just wanted. Every, first of all, even if it wasn't your Bronco, if it was somebody else's Bronco, anything's better than OJ's fucking Bronco. Uh, this is you true. Know why? Why? OJ's a piece of shit. This is true. And he murdered Nicole. I don't care who I, I mean, I feel like, the, Okay. I don't feel like that's a controversial opinion. I feel like that is a very much, like, almost universally agreed upon opinion. Fact, if I may. So, I think what we first want to do is talk about a wonderful human being named Kayla. Oh, I guess a doll. Yes. Just a gem. Kayla has a true crime blog over at truecrimemom.net, and she is also on Instagram under truecrimemom. If you just type that in, you can find her. Her blog's fantastic. It's well-researched. She also wrote this beautiful article. (laughs) Like, I... When I read it... (laughs) It was about us, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. It was about us. Uh... I mean, she really oversold us. I It was very sweet. Yes. Tears. <laughs> just, just beautiful. And it was very sweet, very thoughtful. And I really enjoyed that she actually took the time to listen before she <laughs> wrote anything. But man, she, Kayla, you really oversold us. And thank you, by the way. Thank yes, you for that. Thank you. Uh, I, we appreciate it. It was, it was very sweet. And it was, you know, really nice because I was still battling COVID. Yes. <laughs> I was in the throes of COVID when you, you know, sent us the link to what you wrote. And first, when you reached out to us. Just you're a lovely person and thank you. That's yes. all I that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Definitely go check out her blog. We'll have it linked in this episode at the bottom. She's just a wonderful human being. Yeah, and we've been wanting to thank her. It's just we wanted to actually take the time to do it right and not just yes. like throw it in. Make it Yeah, and we didn't want it to be an afterthought. We wanted to give Kayla, her spotlight that is much deserved. Sorry, my eye is twitching so bad right now. <laughs> she is so wonderful that it makes Elizabeth's eyes twitch because she does not do well with nice people. I don't. That, yeah, it's it's a problem. I'm not used to kindness, so my eye twitches whenever I'm around it. Um, no, I actually think I need to go to an ophthalmologist. But that's a whole, that's a whole, it's been twitching for like at least a week. It started with the left eye, and then it has gravitated towards the right. And I, when I put my blue light glasses on, it seems to help a little bit. Okay. I <laughs> I googled <laughs> to make sure I wasn't having a stroke. Because <laughs> I became very concerned. And then I'm explaining it to Matt, my husband. And he says, well, you know, my eye doctor said it's either from stress or or eye strain. So what are you stressed about? Probably eye strain. I'm going to go with both. (laughs) 
I mean, you have a it's teenager and I have an, I have an almost teenager. Right. Yeah. Basically it's teenager. Scary, next scary, month. Scary, scary thought. Yeah. A month away <laughs> and then I'll be parents to a teenager. It's horrifying. I have a teenager. It is horrifying. So I guess we'll move on. We have an outline now. Yeah. Callie. First of all, let's 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 acknowledge. Thank you, Patrick, for so <laughs> constructively and kindly bringing it to our attention that perhaps an outline would serve us well with these intermission episodes. Because he knows Callie very, very well. <laughs> and he's only met me. He spent two days with me. Yes. And I feel like that was enough time <laughs> to just to get the gist. And he's also a listener. Yes. Thank you, Patrick, for continuing to listen. Well, we re- appreciate you very much. Thank you for suggesting that we make an outline. We're trying it out. Uh, we're going to do our damnedest to stay on topic and follow it, but no promises. Yeah. It's not easy. So, I it also... because of me. No. <laughs> I'm bad about it, too. The more I drink, the more I'm like, no, wait, let me tell you something else first, and then The more forget. you drink, the more you think. Sure. Along with thanking Patrick, I also want to thank Sarah, our Patreon supporter. And I would also like to thank Mima and Grandpa for being anchor supporters. Yes, living icons. Yes, they are fantastic, all three of them. And we also want to give a special shout out to T and Cryptids on yes. Instagram. They post cryptid artwork. Cryptid. Yeah, I said it right that time. I didn't cryptid the first time. Artwork. And it's not just cryptid artwork. It's amazing. Yes. Cryptid artwork. They, they're phenomenal. Yes. Definitely check them out. It's fun to see uh, Wendigo Wednesdays. And it's... It's a good time. I enjoy looking at all the artwork they post. I would like to give another special shout out. <laughs> Callie sent me a screenshot. Somebody rated our first intermission episode. <laughs> Gave it five stars. First of all, that was very nice. It really made my day. And then I noticed, first of all, I'll just read what it says. Yeah. I really enjoyed this episode succinct to the point respect it then i noticed initials bmn 33 is the screen name <laughs> and, my, and my the wheels began a turning so brian if you've left that very poignant review <laughs> because honestly that that that's a very uh brian thing to to just be to the point. He's not very flowery with his words. <sighs> Thank you. I know I know that you that just shows how much you really miss me in the workplace. <laughs> that you, you finally you for- left a review. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Well, cuz you know, I I guess he I don't know, maybe he thinks it would be weird to text me. Oh. Uh, like, "Hey, liked the episode?" I don't know. You could still text me, Brian. My feelings won't I, I won't be weirded out. <laughs> but thank you. If you did leave, in fact, leave that review, it just, it, it thawed this heart of ice just a, just a touch. I felt like the Grinch that day. My heart grew a size. You might want to get that checked out. 
along with my eye, my wonky eye. <laughs> my wonky heart and my wonky eye. Uh, so, yeah. So, that was nice. That was very thoughtful. So, yes. just. Thank you, Brian. If it was you, if it wasn't yeah, we're you. We're assuming it was you because the initials I know are your initials. And I know that seems very weird that I know my former boss's initials. The only reason I do is because the emails at SLU have your, most of them have your middle initial in them. And it's like your first name, middle initial, last name. So that's the only reason why I know it. Yeah. I'm not stalking him. <laughs> that he knows of. Anyway. So whoever left that review, thank you very much. Yes. I'm just assuming it's Brian, but you know what? Why give him the credit for somebody else's work? Whoever did it, thank you. It was really, it was, the five-star review was nice. It was, which I rarely check our reviews anymore because there's usually not a new one, which is fine. But come on. Come on, gang. <laughs> Leave a review. We don't hammer it. As much as other podcasts do, other podcasts really push the leave us a five star review. And da, 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 da. we would love if you left us all five star reviews. However, we get we're not perfect. I mean, Callie, definitely not. Oh, Be closer to. Wow. Yeah, St. Elizabeth. <laughs> ah, just joking. JK, JK. But if you feel, like, compelled to do it, leave us a review. And if it's not a positive review, please be constructive because my – I'm not (laughs) – I don't have the mental health strength to to handle it. Yeah, just let us know what we can do better. Also, if you didn't know this, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, so you don't even have to go to, like, Apple Podcasts or whatever. You can do it on Spotify. Or you can also download the Good Pods app, and you can rate individual episodes. So you love one, give it a five-star. You hate it one, give it a one-star, tell us why. It helps. Which I would say definitely check out Good Pods. It does have a lot of great podcasts. You do see a lot of like the big ones on there, but Good Pods is really made for indie creators. Yes. And you don't have to be a creator to have an account. No, you definitely do not. But I like the fact that you can rate individual episodes. So... Yeah, and then we're talking about adding a tier to Patreon. Yeah, so I think we decided that we're going to do a $3 tier. um, And that'll give you access to our episodes that are ad-free. Not that we have a lot of ads, but just one less thing for y'all have to skip through. So it would give you access to bonus episodes too. Or, you know, you do have the ability on Patreon. You don't have to be a monthly subscriber. You could do a one-time donation However much you want to do, a dollar, two dollars, fifty cents, a penny, whatever you want to do. And every little bit helps. I I don't really know what I want to say about it. That's fine. I mean, every little bit helps the podcast. Yeah. We know we're not going to be millionaires from it. Yeah. That would be fucking great. Um. (laughs) No, but it does, like, help us get, like, we bought Elizabeth's mic with the money that we've made. Like, we do put a lot of it. Actually, all of it back into all of it back into the podcast. Into the podcast, it would, just, it would be nice if you got some more patrons or 
you, you know, even some more just one-time donations like Vinny. That was very generous. Yes. And, like, too generous, but well appreciated yes. and just amazing. And Vinny, you're the shit. If you're still listening, Vinny. Anyway. <laughs> I think he does. He messages me sometimes about it. I, I It would just be cool because with money earned from Patreon, we could maybe travel to a, you know, perhaps haunted location. Yeah. And do a podcast episode there. Do a, you know, Patreon content based on that. Stuff like that. That would be nice to do. Yeah. But you know what? Every little bit counts and whatever you guys can do is appreciated. We don't expect anything, but everything's appreciated. Absolutely. Do you have any true crime up? Updates. I almost said episodes. I do. And as I showed you. That's all a list. true. No, it's not all true crime. <laughs> I, I, I have to look at. So first, I'm going to do, I feel like, a. I would say weekly or monthly, but I feel like at this point it's a weekly reminder that Christina Hickey's murder is still unsolved. I tweeted at Kim Fox today, so I'm going to encourage everybody else who listens to do so in a respectful manner. We are not about harassment. We are just about getting the wheels of justice turning and closure and finally, you know, some justice for the victim. Mm-hmm. So if you do tweet at Kim Fox, we just ask you be respectful in how you tweet at her. So I'll just remind everybody, tweet at her. Maybe we'll get on our nerves enough. She'll actually tweet back and, you know, say, hey. Shut up. This is what, yeah, either shut the fuck up or this is what we have going on or feel free to reach out to me. Something, we just want to see movement in this case. In October, October 5th, it's going to be 38 years. That's way too long. Especially with the technology we have today. With the technology that we have, we should not be just sitting on it. And I get... DNA samples, and there's a lot more uh, intricacies to it that we don't know because, you know, we're not scientists and what have you. But I feel like at this point, there's enough, like Callie said, there's enough technology. The technology has advanced. There's places like Parabon that are identifying people. They're doing it through 23andMe. So there's ways to do it, and it can be done. So let's tweet at Kim Fox. Let's get, we have a petition signed. It's in, it's linked in, Callie linked it to our bio, I think on Twitter. So it's in our link tree and then it's pinned to the top of our Twitter as well. We can probably pin it to the top of our uh, Facebook too. And probably Instagram as well. Anyway, so please uh, check out our petition there is another one floating out there, but if you don't see Elizabeth's name on it, it is by the other people, and we don't want to affiliate with them. Yeah, we're done with that. We're done with that. Done with them. Um, their Facebook page is still curiously radio silent. Yeah, they delete it. I think I already said this on a different episode, yeah. but they delete it. They posted something really weird and then deleted it. Yeah. They have not posted anything since. They've turned off ability of group members to post anything so this is just that's not a page we want to be affiliated with anymore no we still follow just on the off chance that there may be updates posted but 
there has been nothing um, posted. So uh, uh, Callie and I, uh, we brought it up a couple times. We're discussing the possibility of starting our own Facebook page, you know, but we'll, and we'll let you know if that's something we, we do end up doing. But I just wanted to bring it up again. And I realize hers is not the only cold case unsolved. There are too many cold cases that are unsolved right now. But just let this be, I'm using this as an example of it has the ability to be solved and it's not being solved. And there are so many other cases like that out there, probably more than we'll ever know. And it's just unacceptable. Yeah. So her family deserves justice. All the other families deserve justice. And I'm going to keep saying it until her family gets closure and then hopefully we can find closure for other families as well. So absolutely wanted to bring that up. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that up as I tend to do almost weekly. So remember, tweet it, Kim Fox, be respectful. I also wanted to bring up an update. Have you heard of the Summerton Man story? Probably not. So the Summerton Man was a gentleman who was found in Adelaide, Australia in 1948. He was a John Doe. Okay. He was found in a gray suit. There was very little information they could that he had on his person. He had no identification. Really had no nothing to go off of to figure out who he was. Well, recently they were able to identify him and again, this is going to bring it bring it back to cold cases and the ability to identify murderers. After 70 years, his he was identified. He finally has his identity back. Okay, that's good. So it's a very famous Australian cold case. And people really, there was a lot of theories going around about who he was and what he was involved with. There's been multiple podcasts that have covered him. And that's why we drink covered him. Christina did Christina. Christine did a very good job, as she always does, covering this case. I also believed Crime Junkie covered it. We know how I feel about Crime Junkie. (laughs) Uh, But it's been covered by multiple podcasts is the point I'm trying to make. But he finally has his identity. They used genealogical DNA. And they, I guess they made a death mask of him that used to be very popular. Okay. pulled hairs from the death mask. Do you know what you know what a death mask is, correct? I think so. Okay. Well, for those who don't know, they did a casting of his face. Okay, it was yeah. Very, it was very common um, among nobility and rich people or politicians, no well known people, they would do casts of their face when they died so that they could preserve what their appearance was. Yeah. After they died. Exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) That's actually how Madame Tussaud got her start, was doing death masks during the French Revolution. Okay. The more you know. So, the Somerton man was identified by putting his DNA into the genealogical research database. And I'm getting this straight from the Smithsonian Magazine website, just to give credit where credit is due. Right. The genealogical research database GED match. They f- mat. They found a match through a distant cousin, and they constructed a family tree of some. They say four thousand people. Whoa! And they were able to identify him as Carl Webb, 
who was born in the Australian state of Victoria in 1905. And he was actually a electronical engineer from Melbourne. Melbourne. I wanted to say it right. Melbourne. <laughs> We're not Australian. We're not Australian, but I wanted to try to say it correctly because I know we do have somebody in Australia that listens to Melbourne. (laughs) Yeah, so he, uh, and maybe we'll do the story of the Summerton Man one day, but just as just an update, he has been identified. Finally, he has his identity back. That is awesome. So the next update I want to do is, it's not really an update, but it's just more of another... I hate saying anniversary. It's just, uh, so, Jaquila Scales was born in 1997 and has been missing since September 2001. She was, or is, an African-American female that, if she is still living, would be 25 years old. She's been missing for over 21 years, or she's been missing for 21 years, rather, And she was abducted when she was four years old. She was last seen in bed in her home in Wichita, Kansas. And she was discovered missing at 3 a.m. Her mother, Eureka, was the one who uh, discovered that she was missing from her bedroom. So I wanted to just bring that up if anybody has. And that was in, uh, I got some of that information from the Charlie Project. But if anybody has any information that could help in locating Jaquila or give information to what possibly happened to her. If you, okay, so if you do have any information or know somebody who may have any information or Anything at all related to this case, contact the Wichita Police Department at 316-268-4646. Another African-American female, Crystal Richardson, has been missing since August 23rd. I retweeted information on our on our Twitter account. I don't know why I said from our... I, retweeting, it's... A, <laughs> listen, I'm tired. Anyway, you're starting to talk like me. I know. Uh, Crystal Anderson, she's a 30 year old African American female, mother of four, who disappeared from Wagner, South Carolina. She was last seen outside her home August 20th, but was, I guess, officially declared missing August 23rd. Nobody has heard from her or seen her. So if anybody has seen her or has any information about her whereabouts, please contact Aiken County at 803-648-6811. Let's do our best to share her story. If you follow us on Twitter, please retweet what we retweeted and maybe more eyes on it. We can help bring Crystal home, Uh, especially being the mother of four. That's super rough. Yeah. Her, Her babies need her. So, yeah. Wait, hold on. I do, we just got a Twitter. Listening to at her... And I, we just got a Twitter. We just got a mention on tweet. <laughs> I cannot talk. I'm so sorry. Listening to at horrendous pod on our way back to St. Louis. And we screamed when they not only said my grandpa's name, but then my name. And I was like, how do these guys know me? Anyway, we found a new fave podcast. 
<laughs> the name's Keely. <laughs> I know, I saw that. Keely is my stepdad's name, and it's also my son's name, and it is the best name ever. So <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. That was very sweet. Thank you. I got very distracted by that. I apologize. There was a 2011 death that... It's very weird. We're going to have to cover this one. Okay. Ellen Greenberg was a teacher in Philadelphia, and she was found dead in her apartment in 2011 with more than 20 stab wounds. That's so personal. Yes, but hold on. Okay. They ruled it a suicide. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her family never believed it was true, and I'm going to credit people.com with the story. There's been a different other outlets who have uh, covered this as well. Update is that July, the Attorney General's office released a statement saying that it could not review a case because of unspecified appearance of conflict of interest. So the Chester County District Attorney's Office announced that they are actually going to review the case and see if she was, if there was actually, it was homicide and not suicide. Okay. Which 20 stab wounds, I'm, I'm thinking that's not, that's not a, a death by suicide. Like, no. Anyway, well, we could, di- we can discuss later. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, we're, we're going to have to cover that one. Yeah. So, true crime adjacent. Okay. Peacock is doing a series about the events uh, depicted, described, discussed in Abducted in Plain Sight. Okay. Uh, it was a Netflix documentary. Did you ever watch it? I did not. I can. I'm not watching uh, anything. It, it's wild. Okay. It's wild. It's horrible. So they are doing a series on Peacock. It's going to be called A Friend of the Family, and it's going to be based on the events depicted in Abducted in Plain Sight. And then also true crime adjacent, Disappeared is coming back. The TV show Disappeared is coming back. Okay. Should I know that one? I think it was on ID, and there's a whole podcast that I absolutely adore called Obsessed with Disappeared. Okay. And they cover episodes of Disappeared. And they're bringing it back with the original narrator, Christopher. It, you would have to listen to Obsessed with Disappeared to be that excited, to be as excited as I am about it. But I try to spend my time listening to indie podcasts. So. Because <laughs> I'm a hipster. You know this. Okay. You're so. You're just a better person than I am. <laughs> so, true crime adjacent, because we are true crime adjacent, as in talking about <laughs> the podcast, <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> Elizabeth gave me a recipe for ambrosia salad. Oh, no. Did it turn out bad? Is that why you're saying... I took it to the family get-together yesterday. First of all, okay. First of all, Elizabeth just said cans and didn't tell me how many ounces the cans were supposed to be. And I just kind of guesstimated everything. Because that's basically what I would do and what I watched my Aunt Karen Sue 
do when I would watch her make it. Okay, so I was told by somebody who ate it that it was the best damn ambrosia salad they have ever had in their life. Yay! I thought you were going to say it was terrible. (laughs) You had me really nervous. They ate more of that than my pasta salad. (laughs) Oh, pasta salad is one of those things that's not for everybody. Next time, make my... Your cheese ball? Next... Uh, not well that or my loaded baked potato salad game changing that sounds good so good it is delicious and i hate potato salad but i will eat the crap out of this i i only like mustard potato salad the mayo one's too bland disgusting uh this has sour cream in it i like sour cream okay so, all right, we're in the right direction. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Um, for the, I feel like ambrosia salad's more like a um, southern thing. They knew what it was, so. Maybe Midwestern thing. So the fact that they knew what it was is just delightful. Because I've met a lot of people and they're like, I don't know what that is. Because they, cause they want to say, like, they're like, is it Watergate salad? I'm like, no, it's not Watergate salad. What's Watergate salad? It's like a grape. It has like grapes and I think, hold on. I don't want to say the wrong thing and then people be like, no, that's not it. Jake and I just finished eating it, but we tried it after I mixed everything together. I'm like, there's not enough mandarins. Watergate salad, also known as pistachio delight, is a dessert salad or side dish made with pistachio pudding, canned fruit, whipped topping, and other ingredients. So it's, yeah. That sounds amazing. I love pistachio. Pineapple, whipped topping, crushed pecans, and marshmallows. I knew there was a nut in it. I was wrong about the grapes. I'm glad I gave it a goog. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad that I I have something true crime related. Like, that is actually, like, crime related. Oh, no. So, Friday night, went to bed. Normal, whatever. Saturday morning, wake up, and we have ring cameras. We have one on our front uh, one on our front door. We have one on the back door. We have one inside because we're crazy people. That's fair. I, I typically put my phone on silent at night just because I don't want all my apps, like, constantly, like, <laughs> waking me up all night. Or me texting you because it's two hours earlier. And it's okay. So, I look, I have a couple ring notifications. And I'm thinking it's just cars driving by. Right. No. Police officer is walking from my neighbor's house into my front yard with a flashlight. And then the next clip is him knocking on the door. We didn't hear it. The dogs didn't even go nuts. So I text my neighbor and I said, hey, because he has cameras too. Yeah. I said, hey. Did the cops knock on your door at 2.15 in the morning? And he says, yeah. I said, well, what was going on? Apparently, and so I don't know what stop sign it was at because it was not picked up on my ring camera. At the stop sign, so I don't know if it was the one at the opposite end of the street. Because if it was at the stop sign right in front of my house, it would have picked it up on my camera. A woman was beat up and had her car stolen. Yeah, that's that's the reaction I had. I don't have words because like, 
you live in a small town. I understand small towns in the Midwest specifically have a lot of meth heads. Do they ever? But they're usually not that violent, so. Yeah, I don't think. I honestly, my thought is it was not a meth head. Apparently, there's a big thing right now with Kias and Honda or Hyundais getting stolen because they're so easy to steal. Because if they're a push to start, you can only need a USB port <laughs> or a USB drive, a flash drive. Oh, my to, God. Listen, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to give people tips on how to steal cars. But apparently, that's a thing now. That was explaining it to me. So, yeah. So, that happened. An actual true crime on my street. Mm. Um, so that's all I have for true crime. Okay. What have, I guess, this past month, have you watched any movies? Any movies? I don't think so. Okay. That's fair. When I was in COVID quarantine, I did watch the most beautiful documentary, well done documentary, about... Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward and their marriage. Okay. You don't know who any of those people are, do you? I know who Paul Newman is. Oh, I was gonna, I was getting really ready to be really fucking upset. He played Doc in Cars. <laughs> okay. He was also in Cool Hands Luke. He was also HUD, The Long Hot Summer. He was also in one of the greatest movies of all time, The Sting. It is such a good movie. It's iconic. It's classic. It's fantastic. Robert Redford is in it. It's just wonderful. And it was directed by Ethan Hawke. And the way he did it, because he did it during quarantine. So apparently Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward were like working on like a biography. And they were having all of their friends and like close colleagues interviewed. And they had it taped. Okay. And transcribed. Like, I guess the tapes ended up getting burned, but they were transcribed. And so he had all of these different actors read transcriptions. And that's how he did the fucking documentary (laughs) and, like, showed clips. It was so beautiful and well executed. And, oh, my God, it was was so well done. That's all. I got it. That's (laughs) That's all you're. It's not a movie. It's an eight-part series on HBO Max. I'm trying to think if I did watch any movies. I feel like I did and I'm just forgetting. Okay. I watched a movie today. What did you watch? I watched, for the first time, Tusk. Oh, you know I love Kevin Smith. I know. you. I, I, but I've not watched that movie. <laughs> it was a trip. I've heard tell. It's not the best movie I ever saw. Was it fun? Absolutely. And he and that's the thing I love about Kevin Smith is he he doesn't pretend that when he makes movies that they are the greatest piece of cinema ever to be put out into the universe. Like he very much is like I mean I did a thing. You can like it or not like it. Like he's very self-deprecating about it. He directed a movie that has one of my favorite actors in it. Red State. Yes. So good. And you know, so here's the thing. I listen to... uh, We know. 
I'm kidding. I don't think you've ever said that on this podcast that you listen to Smodcast. No, I, it was not Smodcast. It was his book. Oh, okay. It was his book, and he was talking about how the marketing for that movie, they 100% did not, they did on their own. They did not pay marketing people because part, the reason movie budgets are so astronomical is obviously CGI, all of that stuff. You have to pay people, but the mark, so what's accounted for in that budget is the amount of marketing they do too. So they wanted to lower their overhead on the movie. So they did like a grassroots like marketing campaign for it. And it's a very interesting listen. Let me tough shit. Okay. That's the name of the book. It's tough shit. It's a quick listen. And he goes into that and it's pre Harvey Weinstein issues coming out. So, uh, he does mention Harvey in it. It's not like he's praising the dude, but he does talk about Harvey a little bit in it, if that's triggering for some people. But it's a very interesting listen or read. Sorry, I watched something. Oh, yeah. I watched This is the End for the <laughs> first time. I, I'm so sorry. I had to pull up my letterbox. I couldn't remember. I've watched okay, so many movies. Okay, so this movies. is going to bring me to one of the topics that... It's going to be a segue to a topic I have written down. As okay. as long as we get to the topic, because apparently we didn't do that last time. <laughs> no, we will. We we very much will. Okay. Are your children okay? I just want to make sure. Um. Yes. I'm sorry. My son is playing video games with my husband. Okay. Totally fine. So fine. He's just very excited. I just want to make sure he's okay. He's okay, just very excited, excited little guy. I know that James Franco is very problematic. God damn it, yeah. And which is very upsetting because unlike the person I'm going to segue this topic into, I really I want We had a whole conversation about this. I, I enjoy James Franco immensely. The Comedy Central roast of James Franco is one of my most favorite things on this fucking earth. I can turn it on and it makes me laugh so hard. And my favorite thing from that stupid ass movie that my friend Ashley and I at SLU would quote to each other all the time is that we're going to come over all this house, James Franco. (laughs) So it upset it, it hurts me that James Franco is problematic and he's yeah canceled. it sucks and it hurts me. So for me, I'm not a giant James Franco fan, but yeah. I enjoy his presence with Seth Rogen. Yes, they're that's very exactly. good together, and I love yes. Seth Rogen. And that's mainly why it's upsetting for me because. I enjoy him and Seth together. I think they work really well together. So we're going to segue that into this topic I have written down. Is it what I said? <laughs> Disney. Is it about Disney? Yes. Okay. Yes. Disney. Yeah. Okay. So we don't want Jared Leto in our shit. We don't. Especially when it's some of my favorite shit. Right. I think I've mentioned this before, but the Haunted Mansion at Disney is one of my favorite things. It is the ride that I prioritize to make sure 
I get to ride it when I go to Disney. I actually got mad at my child one year because she didn't want to ride the ride. <laughs> and I said, we paid to come here. You've got to do everything you've wanted to do. This is the only thing I want to do. We're going to do it. <laughs> A little harsh. Yes. But by God, it's the one thing I look forward to every time I go to fucking Disney World is riding that goddamn ride. That's fair. And I heard that they were... I So they made the Eddie Murphy... Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion movie. I have watched it. It's enjoyable. It's entertaining for what it is. It's supposed to be a family movie. No, I want Pirates of the Caribbean, dark-ass shit, Haunted Mansion. And that's what we're supposed to be getting with this movie. And I'm pumped. I'm super excited. But if that's not your thing, also watch The Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney+. Plus. Super cute. Also very enjoyable. I'll be goddamned if Disney is not casting fucking Jared Leto as the Hatbot ghost in the Haunted Mansion movie. And as Callie so eloquently said, we do not want Jared Leto in our shit anymore. No. We don't. He's not even good. Okay. Let me just say. Recently, he has not been any good. Okay. I was going to say... Requiem for a Dream. He was really good. Never in, seen it. Uh, he was really good in what's that fucking American Psycho. He was good in that. I did see that. He was he was good in Alexander playing Colin Farrell's lover. Didn't see that. Uh, the movie was terrible, but he was good <laughs> in it. Uh, he's been good in stuff. I mean, he won a goddamn Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, okay? Okay, but how long did it take Leonardo DiCaprio, who is the best actor ever, to get an Oscar? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not going to argue with you on that. He was <laughs> cheated multiple times. He should have won. He should have won the year The Aviator was nominated. That is the role he should have won for. Yep. He, that movie, he, Anyway, back on topic. Jared Leto <laughs> sucks. We don't want him in our stuff. At all. No, not at all. He's a predator. Mm-hmm. He's a cult leader. Mm-hmm. We don't want him. Nope. Mm, Disney, no. No. But back to Leo, he should have won that year. <laughs> he should have. For the aviator. Because his performance as Howard Hughes was... Outstanding. It was. Better than anything else. Anyway, my mom loves that movie. I just recently I watched it, it for the first time just because I just never got around to it. And it's finally oh, no. streaming. My mom used to My mom used to watch it like a lot. It is fantastic. Yeah. And she was very upset when he did not win the Oscar either. And my mom doesn't get invested in that kind of stuff, but she was very upset when he did not win for that. Even though he likes his women under the age of 25, as long as they're over 18, I will give it to him. Yes, as long as they are of age. Leo, you do you, even though it's a touch misogynistic that you got to dump them once they turn 25. It's like they have an expiration date. I didn't know him and Blake Lively dated. Very briefly. Yeah, it was like not even a year. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah, I forgot about that. She's better off with Ryan Reynolds. I think she won in that situation. Oh, yeah. 
Um, okay, so we covered Jared Leto. Can we talk about somebody who's not problematic at all? Seth Rogen. Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser, yeah. I'm Brendan pretty Fraser. sure I saw him at the top of your list. He got a six-minute standing ovation, and he cried. <laughs> he cried. Because it was, I think, at Venice Fil- Film Festival yes. for The Whale. Mm-hmm. He got a six-minute standing ovation, and he cried. I am so happy. It's the Brendan Fraser songs. He, if I really, I... I know a lot of people say this, and it's a very, like, popular thing to say, but it's so true. He's one of the only people, like, aside from, like, Keanu Reeves, that you don't hear problematic shit about, and everybody who's ever encountered him is like, no, he's the sweetest person. Like, so kind and, like, just the best. So... I'm going to say it now. We want the best for Brendan Fraser. And I hope this is nothing but just the stepping stone that's going to catapult him into a whole other phase of his career. So, yay for Brendan Fraser. He's he's a doll. He's great. Just an angel. Yes. Just an angel. Deserves better than Hollywood gave him because he was blacklisted for speaking out about his experiences with... Uh, sexual assault. Yeah. And with movie producers. And so he was blacklisted. And so now hopefully this is a step in the right direction and getting him the career he deserves. Yeah. I agree. Because Bedazzled was a treasure. And Elizabeth Hurley as the devil was fantastic. And he was so funny in that movie. Yeah. And I'm pissed that they canceled the Batgirl movie. Because he was going to be in that. Oh. And. Yeah, you know what? Shame on you, Warner Brothers, for canceling. Yes. I'm going to let you have this. This is. You you know what? You go ahead. The the floor is yours. For canceling Batgirl, but not canceling the fucking Flash. Like, I just. That's all you were going to say. I just. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it, and I'm pissed. So whatever. I don't even I, like you know Batman or any. I don't like DC. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, first of all, I don't like. You them. said you don't like Batman. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know I love Batman. I do. I understand love why Batman. you love it. I just don't like detective-y shit and like noir shit. Oh, I just I fucking love it. I tried. It's not for me. And the jacked up thing is the film was in the can. Like, it was done. Yeah. And they erased it from the servers. But no, let's give fucking Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Their time. They are a piece of shit. God damn it. Okay. Shame on you. Yeah, shame on you, Warner Brothers. Shame on you. TV? Sandman. Phenomenal. Don't. Go too much. We only watched two episodes. That's all I'm going to say. No, all I'm going to say is I listened to uh, both of Audible's uh, Sandman Part 1 and Part 2. I hope that they do more on Audible because I don't have a lot of time to read. So it's nice. I can pop in an earbud and listen to stuff like this at work and... The only reason I would ever even considered listening to it was because of Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. Talked, they talked about it on their podcast, uh, Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. And so that's what got me interested in it. And oh my gosh, so glad it did. 
When I, now let me tell you, James McAvoy did the voice of Morpheus in the audible dramatization. Okay. Oh, God, what a voice. Anyway. <laughs> but let me tell you, Tom Sturridge, when I closed my eyes and imagined what Morpheus would look like, that's it. <laughs> he had his voice and how, like his cadence and how he spoke as Dream was so close to how James McAvoy did it. I mean, well done. Like, it is so well done. It's what was well cast. The changes that they made, transitioning it to TV and updating it, because this is a book that came out in the 80s. Right. Made so much sense and was so well done. And I'm so glad that Neil Gaiman waited 30 years to finally tell somebody, yes, you can do this. And Netflix did it so well. That's all I'm going to say about it. I won't go into it too much more because you haven't watched yeah. the rest of the series. But it was just so well done. And I was like, Matt knew nothing about it. So he went in blind. But he enjoyed the shit out of it. He loved it. That's great. So like for me, I we watched two episodes and we just didn't get back around to it because Jake had started back to movies real quick had started watching Mm -hmm. the Hobbit movies because he hadn't Mm -hmm. seen them and I watched them and I was getting pissed off the entire time like 300 pages does not need to be a three part movie listen okay so I agree with you a thousand percent on that I think they could have did two movies and been done I think they could have done one movie and been done it was good I enjoy the Hobbit I do (sighs) I'm not saying that. I agree with you to an extent. I think it could have been one movie, but they would have had to cut out a lot of stuff. That's fair. But I don't think it needed to be three, and I will die on that hill, and it's something Matt and I kind of argue about. He agrees with me a little bit, but, like, he also loves all the Lord of the Rings content. Right. He's a Tolkien nut, like, watches Lord of the Rings to go to sleep because he says Kate Beckin- or Kate Blanchett's voice in that movie is so <laughs> soothing. Huge fan. So, but I, yeah, I really just like, if they were just trying to squeeze blood out of a turnip at that point. They were. And <laughs> it was just funny because one of the dwarves' names is Keely, spelled K-I-L. K-I-L-I. I didn't put the I at the end. Yeah. And it was just funny. Like, these movies have been out forever. When Keely yeah. died... Jake was like, you cr- no, Jake was like, Keely, don't look, and like covered baby Keely's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but we kind of watched that. I didn't watch all of it with him, but kind of like uh, watched it as it was a TV series, like an hour here, yeah. an hour there, because yeah. it's just too long. They are very long movies. You really need to have like a dedicated amount of time to watch them. Right. And then we watched Rings of Power. I really enjoyed it. Matt and I, so Matt and I sat down and like that was our one thing. Like we're going to do this this weekend. Like if anything else, we're going to at least watch Rings of Power. We'll get to everything else like when we can, right? Yeah. And he had watched a couple different reviews, and he'd seen some reviews where people are talking a lot of shit about this show. God damn it. Yeah. I, I watched it. It's so good. It's like, good. Like, I don't understand. And, it, and here's the thing. It, just let the thing be the thing. We talk us, about this a lot. 
Right. We do talk about this a lot because, but here, because the here's my issue with it. Like some of these fandoms get so fucking toxic. Oh yeah. Like. Marvel and Star Wars are two of the most notoriously toxic ass fan bases. And like just be happy that we have like that something that you enjoy as a piece of media, like the book, like you enjoyed reading stuff in the Silmarillion or you enjoyed the Lord of the Rings and you wanted to know more about the lore of it. Just enjoy that this is, they're making content for people who enjoy, I don't want to say nerdy things, but not, I guess not necessarily 100% mainstream things. Like I get Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff is mainstream now, but there was a period of time where it wasn't and you would have never have thought that they would have six movies, let alone now a TV series. Right. Set in this world. So just enjoy that the thing exists. You know, is it perfect? Probably not. But (laughs) I thought it was damn near. I thought it was really well cast. I thought the story was interesting. I, it's visually stunning. They, you know, spent their 200, well, no, the $250 million they spent was just to acquire the rights. Yeah. And then they had to spend another like 200 million, I think, on that just to produce the show. Money well spent. Beautiful. Like, so I, I have very high hopes and expectations for it. Do I like that I have to support Amazon to watch it? No. But I'm doing that anyway. Unfortunately. It is what it is. Ben and J-Lo got married finally. Yeah, that's weird. Should we sell squares on when we think they're going to get divorced? I know it's a really ugly thing to say. I... No, I think, I think I'm going to give it to them. Just. You're going to let him have it? I'm going to let them That's have it. That's very adult of you. Because I'm still angry at him for what he did to Jennifer Garner because she's an angel on her. She is. But. But also, you know what? She's living her best life right now. If you follow her on Instagram, what a joy. What a delight. Yeah, I don't follow her. <laughs> okay. The Taylor Hawkins tribute concert happened this weekend. Oh. All you. I haven't watched. It's on Paramount, but I saw clips of it. And I was watching the full performance this morning on Facebook of Taylor Hawkins' son Shane playing the drums to My Hero. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Did you cry? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Why would you even ask me that? I did. I sat there. I I cried, so I can only imagine how much I'm going to cry when I watch this fucking concert. Because you know I'm going to watch it, because in case anybody is not aware, the Foo Fighters are like top three favorite bands for me, which Callie disagrees with and doesn't understand. I don't understand. You know what? Just let me enjoy the thing, Callie. I will. I just don't understand. I don't have to understand. Don't Don't be toxic. Um, so that happened this weekend and I cried like a baby watching because he was so fucking good. He was good. (sighs) (laughs) Anywho. Okay. So I know you're not going to know at all what this is. Okay. So do you know who Maren Morris is? She's a country singer. No, she's a country singer. So you're not going to know who Cassidy Pope is. She's also a country singer. That sounds familiar. I think she... I think she floats to pop a little bit. 
Do you know who, who Brittany Aldine is? I know Jason Aldean. Okay, it's his wife. Okay. So, all right. It's a little background. He was married to somebody else before. And he cheated on his wife with Brittany and was caught, photographed, kissing her at a bar in Nashville. Mind you, she was a wannabe American Idol singer who didn't even make it to Hollywood. Okay? Okay. So, and she was like a cheerleader for a basketball team or some fucking shit. I don't know. Anyway, so... He cheats on his wife with her. He says it was an error in judgment, whatever. His wife and him end up getting divorced, and guess who he ends up marrying? That person. Brittany, exactly. Okay. So, anyway, so she has this huge platform on social media now, and she promotes, like, beauty and, like, weaves and clip-ins and all this shit and makeup, and looks like she's had her... Like, plastic surgery to look like Carrie Underwood. Like, Google picture before and after of her. It's absurd, right? So, anyway, she posted this... I think we've made our our position on LGBTQ+. Very clear. Right. Okay. So, if you haven't figured out by now who that we are associates of the LGBTQ+, community, then... I'm sorry for you, and if this is not for you, then and you tune out, okay, bye. Peace out, yo. So she posted on Instagram, I'm so glad that when I was going through my tomboy phase at age 12, my parents didn't let me become a boy. First of all, being a tomboy and being trans are two completely different things. So Cassidy Pope, being the icon that she is, Maureen Jewish tweeted, She basically called her out for being transphobic, was what it was, and said that she was missing an opportunity from excluding, excluding LGBTQ community and the trans community from, you know, beauty brands and all that stuff. And then Maren Morris said, you know, yeah, called her insurrection Barbie and (laughs) said that she should stick to selling beauty brands and quit making, you know, shitty comments, to which Brittany Aldean decided, she's like, I wasn't being transphobic, but yes, you were. And she now went on Tucker Carlson. Oh, gross. To talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the Queens, and then she wanted to call out like Maren Morris and say she was like a nobody. First of all, Maren Morris is a Grammy winner. Okay. Good for her. So anyway, I'm going to encourage everybody to go listen to Maren Morris and Cassidy Pope because we're going to support them for being iconic Queens. So Tucker Carlson called Maren Morris a lunatic country singer. And so now she is selling, yes, so she is selling, and I'm. this is one of the only reasons I'm bringing it up. She's selling t-shirts on her website that say lunatic country person, and all the proceeds are going 100% to, hold on, this way, so I get it right. Yes, lunatic country music person, and she's she's actually raised over a hundred thousand dollars with the sales of these t-shirts nice and all proceeds are being split between trans lifeline and glad transgender media programs so if you are a supporter of the lgbtq community i encourage you to go buy a t-shirt from Marin morris's website because a hundred percent of the proceeds again she's not making a single dime off of it are going to um charities for lgbtq plus and trans communities so the moral of this story is Brittany Aldean and her husband are pieces of shit. His publicity or his publicist or his media people, some company, something like that. They dropped him. They said, we're <laughs> firing you. Sorry, bye. Like, that's great and all, but you got 
places that are extremely red who will support the mm-hmm. shit out of him and Brittany. Oh yeah, so. they will. And that's and and they have. They've come out in droves. The nasty ass comments have come out. But the fact that she reacted with like, okay, call me what you want, but this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. But I feel like he's gonna receive more fallout. And he like was photographed like golfing with Trump, so he's a piece of shit. Ew, gross. And then one more thing, and then I think we can wrap her up. This was inspired what? Oh, you have more? I didn't finish TV. We haven't talked about books. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay. You have the floor. No, go ahead. And then I'll bring up what I want to talk about. No, you can talk about it. This is inspired by another text you sent me. Uh, Spencer Pratt and Heidi Pratt just suck. He's on TikTok. (laughs) And his whole TikTok presence is just basically... Him showing clips of the hills and talking trash on Lauren Conrad. And you know, everybody knows how we feel about Lauren Conrad. That's our homegirl. And we are <sighs> Team Elsie yes. for life, yo. Oh, my God. For life. I've seen and her IRL, and she is just as gorgeous in person. In real life. So here's my thing. The, like, the fact that you're using TikTok to talk about a person who really could give a fuck less about you and doesn't even talk <laughs> about you guys anymore to try to stay relevant, it's, I mean, it's just sad. Sad. Yeah. So I guess Spencer Pratt had come out and said that Lisa Kudrow is the worst person on the planet Because she told Heidi at a party overlooking the, in quotes, Malibu Ocean. Just let that sink in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Lisa Kudrow went up to Heidi and was like, you need to run. He has the eyes of a serial killer. And you know what? Lisa Kudrow's not wrong. She's not wrong. He's crazy. Like. He... Manipulated her so much. Before she had all her plastic surgery, she was so beautiful. Yeah. And not that she's ugly now. It's just, she, it's she's just very plastic looking. And I'm never going to begrudge anybody for getting plastic surgery. Your body, do what you want. You're not hurting anybody. No. You, you know, it's a choice that you're making. And if that's how you want to, what you want to do to make yourself feel better, then, you know, and boost your self-esteem, then I support that. Like, I have no problem with that. But she was so beautiful and she got with this person who took advantage of her and manipulated her. Because had she not got with him, I don't think she would have got plastic surgery. No. He made her feel like shit. Yeah. And he's not. He's gross. Yeah. He's disgusting. No. Nothing. And he does have the eyes of a serial killer. Nothing to write home about. Like, mm mm. Nope. Yeah. You never responded to that check, so I wasn't sure if no, you read sorry. it. No, sorry. I was at the lake and had really patchy signal. So for TVs, I'm also watching House of the Dragon. We're only halfway through the second episode, but so far, I love it. And listen. Haven't watched it yet. <sighs> Excuse me. People of color belong in our fantasy shows. Yes, they do. Because I know people were upset about people of color being in the rings of power and house of the dragon and house of the dragon. They have a place in all our media. Yes, they do. And because one of the most notorious ones 
Star Wars. It started with John Boyega, who has come out and said, I will probably never do another Star Wars film again because right. it was so toxic. And then they kind of, the toxic fandom diverted their attention from him to Kelly Marie Tran, who is phenomenal in that movie. Yes. So much so she was only in the next movie for like four minutes, you know? It, it was just people of color, uh, our brothers and sisters and people of Asian and siblings of Asian descent, you know, indigenous people, they all deserve a place in media. Yeah. Because, and here's the thing, like, because it's not just white people who consume that kind of content. Everybody consumes that kind of content. And people deserve to be represented. And they want to say, oh, they're just trying to be woke by casting people of color. That's not them trying to be woke. It's First of right. all, it's fucking make-believe. It's make-believe. <laughs> yes. So you're going to tell me, tell me you can believe that there were dragons, or you can believe that there is a galactic overlord building Death Stars, but there can't be people of color in those universes. That's where you draw the line. Right. Okay. Okay. So, love House of the Dragon. It's fantastic. American Horror Stories. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I've never watched a single season or episode of any of those shows. Okay. So, American Horror Stories is separate from American Horror Story. Same. Yeah. I know it's a whole other offshoot. Yeah, yeah. Same people. One of the episodes did have to do with uh, Bloody Mary, but they changed the story a little bit. I'll have to send it to you. It's in season two, and it takes place in Missouri. And they go to the Missouri History Museum, the one that has mm-hmm. all the black. Yes. I keep wanting to say artifacts. That's not exactly the correct word, but like all the stuff about like the Underground Railroad and everything that happened in Missouri. And the the Missouri History Museum Forest Park. Yes. So they go to that and like ask questions and stuff. It's really cool. (laughs) And I think that episode just titled Bloody Mary. So that was really fun. And then Jake keeps liking, like, we'll watch something and he'll be like, oh, do you ever think about how. When they closed that door, it didn't make any sound. And somebody had to go in and put that sound in afterwards. I'm like, Jake, you're ruining everything for me. <laughs> but Just let me enjoy the thing. And then I told him, like, finally, I was like, okay, the thing that really pulls me out of shows, especially American Horror Stories, is that a lot of the episodes take place in L.A. And every time there's an L.A. episode... There's a thunderstorm. Yeah, it doesn't rain in LA. I mean, or California for that matter. We, Southern California. We did have a thunderstorm like three days ago, and that's what made me think of it. But seriously, there's been, I've been here for six years. There's maybe been five thunderstorms in that entire time. So anytime I see a thunderstorm in LA, it pulls me out of the show because I'm like, do they even go here? she doesn't even go here (laughs) josh holly anyway yeah books did you finish the bell gunnis i did i did finish bell gunnis so at first i wasn't really sure what they were trying to do with that book i thought they were trying to paint her in a sympathetic light okay oh no they didn't okay no they made her 
They really made her look like a fucking sociopath. <laughs> um, they did take some creative liberties. It's historical it fiction, was, so it was it was decent. What they did with how she murdered her children, Ugh. it was hard, and the way they did it was very heartbreaking. And I thought it was very interesting possible theory. So I guess she had somebody in the house that she was going to, you know, poison and then dismember and all that stuff. And she, Mm. in the book, she was doing it through oranges. Uh -uh. And the children, she told the children not to eat the oranges and they kept asking her why. And she said, because they're not for you. And so she went and served this man dinner. And when she went back, all the children had eaten the oranges laced with the poison and they all died. And she found a prostitute or somebody to, or I shouldn't say prostitute, sex worker to be in her stead. And that's, yeah. So that was very heartbreaking to listen to. Right. Very rough because they do talk about her, uh, the murder of Jenny Mm -hmm. in that, in the book. And that was, it was awful. So just, (sighs) sorry, my child's in the background yelling. It's fine. Um, Because he's mad he's losing it in a video game. So it was a very, so the ending, so it's a very rough listen. It was interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, that was it. I wouldn't say it was great. It was interesting. It was an interesting take on it. That's fair. It reminds me of, you might recall the name of the, I'm pretty sure it was a movie, but there was a lot of like heroin use in it. And then the kid got a hold of an empty needle and Mm -hmm. injected air into his veins and die. I don't remember that. I think don't like that though. No, it was and like I keep thinking about it recently. I don't know why. I've thought about it a lot recently, but oh my god, it was so heartbreaking. It was like the older brother's needle. Mm. I can't even I not that I want to watch it ever again. Yeah. But God, that was like that was hard. Just like in train spotting, like I've never seen him. Oh, my God. E.Y. McGregor's so great in it. He's a treasure. And... Also kind of sucks because he did cheat on his wife, but he's a fantastic actor. I'll he forget. is. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Like, I can't. Oh, my God. I can't. So, for books for me, I started reading, not reading for the first time, for the second time, The Shining. The Shannon. For, uh... October's Patreon episode, and that's all I'm going to give away. So that's fun. So that's coming up, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, Tales of the Walking Dead. It's been fun. <laughs> Terry Crews is in one of the episodes, and it was fun. Then there was like a Groundhog's Day esque episode. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Which was also fun. Yeah, that's. I love zombies. Throw anything with a zombie at me and I'll consume it. So give me those zombie book like recommendations. I need them. I need them in my life. But yeah, that's all I got. Uh, October 2nd, less than a month away from Interview with a Vampire. So 
both excited about that. And I gave, I did not give Elizabeth my uh, login information at all for AMC no. Plus. I would never do mm-hmm. that. Um, would never. No. So, yeah, but we're both excited. I think we should. We did discuss covering it episode by episode for Patreon. So yeah, we'll probably maybe do that. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah. But that's all. That's all I got, man. We've been on here for a minute. Yeah, hour and a half. Gonna have it's to gonna cut. Be fun for Callie to edit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put on Twitter that it will be out on Thursday because we're just like the garbage company. Day late whenever Monday's holiday a holiday. Weekend. Yep. All right, besties. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully the outline was better. Uh, uh, yeah, Patrick, let us know. Yeah. And thank you guys for your support. Thank you for listening. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Patreon if you're so inclined. Support us on Anchor if you're so inclined. Be cool like me, Mom and Grandpa. Support us on Anchor. Um, and if you so choose, please leave us a five-star review, just like, uh, ex-Super Boss Brian, and, <laughs> or leave us a five, a four-star review on Spotify. Or Good Pods. Yeah. Check out Good Pods. Yeah. Not just for us, but for everybody else on there. You'll find some real gems. Yep. And you can follow me and see what I'm listening to. Yeah. Good Kelly's on there more than I am. I am. But it's good times, and we love you all, appreciate you all, and look forward to our next episode. Yep. Bye, besties.